Lennox Lewis stands alone atop boxing's heavyweight division. All them fighters that are out there right now are Class B. I'm Class A. Enter fistic giant Vitaly Klitschko. He of the six foot eight inch frame and sledgehammer right hand. That's an awkward right hand of Vitaly Klitschko. Dismissed by critics as awkward and untested, Klitschko boasts 31 knockouts in 33 fights. His puncher's chance, improved by Lewis's advanced age, his full year of inactivity, his suspect chin, and the sudden adjustment to fighting Klitschko on less than two weeks' notice. So tonight, Vitaly Klitschko puts his career on the line to ask a simple question. Is Lennox Lewis, having accomplished everything he hoped for, now on the downside of a great career? The answer comes tonight as 13 feet and 500 pounds of heavyweight power collide for the sport's biggest prize. Nobody better leave their seats because it could all end like that. Hi, Raymond. Back on the Ring of Bell podcast. Tonight we're going to talk about Lennox Lewis versus Vitaly Klitschko, billed as the Battle of Titans. Lennox the Lion Lewis and Vitaly Dr. Iron Fist. Crazy names. Amazing, right? I didn't know Lennox Lewis has been on uh, nickname with the Lion. Apparently. Okay. That's what it said on Wikipedia, at least. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But Dr. Iron Fist is sick. That's a, that's a great name. Yeah, because he was a doctor. He was a doctor in he real life. He is a doctor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he is a doctor. I wanted to start with this question to you. So when we first talked about putting this podcast together, this was the first fight you mentioned. Right. Out of every single fight, literally in the history of boxing, you mentioned this fight first as the one that you wanted to cover. Right. You want to know why? Yeah. I think the reason why for me is because it, was, it felt so unfinished. It was such a great fight, and it ended just dramatically without a true winner. And to me, it's the one that, since there's been so many great uh, heavyweight fights recently with Fury and Wilder, or even uh, Joshua and Klitschko, I was going to say it was the last great heavyweight fight. But if I'm not mistaken, it's the last. Uh, time a unified heavyweight champion fought. And Lennox Lewis was a unified heavyweight champion. Interesting. Yeah. And I like what you're saying about the unfinished business. Yeah. You, you've definitely come out of that fight wanting more. And we'll get into it more as, as we get into this podcast. But there was that possibility. That, or there was supposed to be a rematch. This was supposed to be a, at least a two-part series. I mean, it's not just that, man. I mean, it ends in the sixth round, and these guys, one of the guys has a freaking mangled face, looks like the Terminator, but he's winning the fight, and he's beating the champ, you know? And then it just ends because his face is destroyed. It's just crazy to me because it's, it's like a movie. It really is. It ends like a movie. And you can't, you can't even write a script like that. They wouldn't even want to make a movie like that. Yeah. It's like the fight ends just like because of a cut, but then the crowd's cheering for the guy that lost. And the guy that lost feels like the winner. It's just, it's, it's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like every underdog movie. I mean, Rocky, as cliche as that gets, but 
it is kind of like a Rocky. But I don't even think a Rocky movie would end like that, where there's a cut and then it just ends. Well, maybe. I mean, they've made so many freaking movies now. <laughs> so maybe it would. But, Creed Part 3, that's how it ends. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it could now, nowadays. So, but yeah, that's why I chose it, man. I just felt like it was, it's one of the most exciting fights I've ever seen live. And it's still exciting if you watch it. Yeah, so. going back and watching it, I, I watched it four times, five times in the last few months as we were talking and, and kind of building up to put this podcast together. And every time you watch it, you're just glued. It's not a fight that starts slow. They get right into it right out the gate. Right. And there's action all the way until the end. The post-fight interviews are interesting. The discussion during, you know, even the, the Lampley discussion, you know, with, with the guys around the table before the fight is interesting. It wasn't even supposed to happen. It wasn't supposed to happen. It, it happened, like, in, on two weeks' notice, which is what we'll also talk about. It did not, it was not a pay-per-view fight. It was on regular HBO. Uh, it was Lennox's first fight after the Mike Tyson fight, and it was his last fight. So there's just so many different things. Like, Mike Tyson was still around. Roy Jones was still potentially an opponent at the time. So it was the end of an era that started a new era. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 And to think this fight was almost 20 years ago. It took place June 2003. Jeez. Right? 19 yeah. years. And all right, what was the what were the top movies out at that time? Top movies out in two thousand three, June of two thousand and three. Like Mission Impossible or something? No, Too Fast, Too Furious. One of the Hulks. All the Hulks have been pretty bad. Uh, and Finding Nemo. Wow, the first one. Yeah. And then uh, Evanescence had the number one song back then. Bring Me to Life. Okay. I normally ask you what the cost of the fight was. The pay-per-view. But it wasn't on pay-per-view. Right. Yeah. <laughs> a fight like this today would be 75 bucks, 80 bucks? Easy. And it would be built up like crazy. Uh, I mean, social media does a lot for this, too. What would be the equivalent? What two guys would you put in the ring together to say this is... Um, well, it would probably be similar to this Wilder Fury. Um, you know, the... The rivalry of that. Even if Joshua didn't lose this last fight against Usyk, him against Wilder or him against Fury would be similar to this. Yeah. Yeah. Massive fight. And you know what's crazy is like this is this era right now is the the strongest era since that Lennox Lewis era. I mean it took like like you said, nineteen well let's call it like eighteen, seventeen years until Fury fought Wilder for it to kind of be like, all right, the heavyweights are back. Which to me is incredible. Yeah. Which also means that the Klitschko's were very dom dominant. Because after Lennox Lewis retired, it was Vitaly Klitschko and it was Vladimir Klitschko. And then Fury beat Klitschko in 2015. And then we move on. Yeah. Yeah. If you think about, yeah, this, he really, Lewis really was the end of the, my mind at least, the, the Tyson era. Yeah. Right, Tyson started it when he came on the scene like a hurricane and just demolished everybody. And then, then it was time for Holyfield. Then it was time for Lewis. And there's all these other guys that were sprinkled in, right? Right. Foreman at the end of his career. Riddick Bowe. Bowe and more. There's there all these you know great champs that kind of came up 
around that time. But really, once once Natalia got into this fight, it really led to this reign of dominance of you know of European boxers, yep, dominating the heavyweight division. And really, Lewis, man, he's English, but all of us considered him to be an American boxer in a lot of sense because he was always fighting guys in America. He was always here. He was always in Vegas. He was always fighting out here. It seemed like, and. You know, once once the Klitschko's came, it just seemed more like a European style of boxing versus like a U.S. style of boxing. Right, and Lennox Lewis was a European fighter that fought in American style. Yeah, because he was trained by American coaches, and he was an Olympic gold medalist. He, uh, like you said, he fought here a lot. He was on HBO all the time. Uh, he was, I don't think he was as popular as Holyfield and Tyson at the time because he was European, and he had this like. This like, like, I don't want to call. I don't want to say he was arrogant, but he was he, an air of arrogance. I mean, yeah. why not? He was the champ. It's not like he shouldn't have been arrogant. It but just didn't come off as likable. He he wasn't very likable. Yeah, he had this like uh, like this intelligence to him, and that like didn't seem like it was as raw and gritty as a Holyfield and Tyson. Maybe because we're American fans. Yeah, he's English. He's right. English. There's a difference between English guys and guys from the U.S. Yeah, yeah. That's that's. Uh, that was probably hard for him to kind of like be accepted in America, and he, I'm sure he wanted to be accepted over here. And but some of the European fans would travel to his fights, like against David Tula. I'm not sure about this fight. How many Europeans were there? That probably should have researched that. I mean, it's a, it's a far distance coming all the way to LA to fight. That's true. In the UK, so yeah, but like Ricky Hatton had a lot of uh, UK fans that would come here. Um. But he wasn't like that. He wasn't like this, like, partier. Like, he wasn't like, he was very clean. He was very, he was a boxer, and that was it. You don't hear much about his personal life, like, what he was coming up, like you did about Tyson, even a little bit about Holyfield. Remember, Holyfield had these, like, crazy mansions and yeah. stuff we used to know about. So, yeah, he was, he was an interesting fighter. Also thought it was kind of, you know, timely for, for Lewis, right? He's, he's 37 mm-hmm. uh, at this point. Klitschko's 31, really, in his getting to his prime. Um, And so, was this the right time for Lennox to step away? I know you were talking earlier about Holyfield and Tyson kind of still being on the scene for a while longer, Roy Jones being on the scene for a while longer, right? Um, But he decided to just hang it up. I mean, it took like six months, I think, after this fight for him to actually do that, but do you think it was the right time? I think that every fighter wants to retire on top, wants to retire... Like, you know, not being defeated. So in in the history books, it is the right time. You know, as a fan, you want him to keep on fighting. You want him to have the rematch against Klitschko and fight Tyson again. We want them to fight forever. But when you start thinking about the career of the fighter, and as a, if you start thinking like the fighter, it's the right time. Yeah, and I, I think... All of the heavyweight champs that we've seen, like the, the heroes of our, of, you know, of our childhood and, and the, these dominant heavyweights of our time, they all waited too long to retire, it seemed like. Yeah. Um, I mean, even if you go back as far as you know, Ali, Ali should have hung it up a few fights earlier. You know, Foreman probably, we didn't need to see him you know, looking in the shape that he was towards the end, even though he was you know, winning some fights. Yeah. But you just kind of, there's that, there's that thing of, like you said, maybe it's 
there, there's a certain point in your career where you need to hang it up. And a, lo and a lot of the heavyweights just wait a little too long it's before not just, doing it. Yeah, it's not just the heavyweights, man. It's just the story of boxing, really. Fighters leave at the stay too long. And a lot of that is money. A lot of that is just thinking that this is all that they can really do to make money. And the other part of that is like promoters pushing them to continue to fight. Uh, it's like us, you know, quitting our day jobs just, just because. Like, that's it. That's all the money I'm going to make. That's it. Like, I have to try something else now. Even though I have a family, I have a mansion. Like, that's it. And yeah. especially for a guy like this that's, like, dominant and he could beat everybody up, probably really hard for a heavyweight champion or a fighter to just, like, call it quits. Like, because they have to train for months in order to fight. So, like... They're quitting not just the actual event. They're quitting training. They're quitting, you know, going to the gym. They're quitting talking to reporters about it all the time. Like, that's tough, man. You know, it's not just being in the spotlight. I mean, that's that's probably anybody who competes competitively. Of just, uh, you know, suddenly you're not the, the center point. You're not. You're you're a cog on the wheel versus being the center of the wheel. Right, and then if you start thinking about other sports like basketball or football, a lot of the fire or the athletes that retire retire on their tail end of their career when they can't really do it anymore like a brett Favre or something or emmett smith can't really break through the hole anymore but lennox lewis was at the top and quit which is very hard to do yeah, yeah. and considering all the other greats that we've talked about especially in, in the heavyweight division it's it's rare to see a guy that beat everybody he fought he had a couple times where he had to go back yeah. and fight a couple guys and he had a draw with Holyfield, he had a couple of their losses. We can talk about that. But he beat everybody he faced. It's crazy. In, in that time, right? He beat Holyfield. He beat Tyson. He beat Tua. He beat... Um, who am I missing here? He Oliver McCall. McCall, yeah. But I'm saying just on down the line. He yeah. beat every single guy. He's running. Tommy Morrison. Yeah. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. And, and I, I felt like when you consider his... When you look at the, the career... In, in terms of just wins and losses with, with the guys that he faced, it's super impressive. The thing was is not every fight was as exciting. There wasn't this huge buildup, you know, crazy knockouts like there were, you know, with the Tyson fight, someone was getting knocked out, right? You were, you were tuning in for that. Right. Um, it was just, it, it wasn't as much of a spectacle as it was with some of these other guys when they were getting in the ring. When Holyfield was getting in the ring, it was like everybody was talking about it, you know, it was, it was this huge deal. Right. With Lewis, it was, it was big. Like, you wanted to watch it, but we watched it because we were boxing fans. It wasn't the everyday guy, like, running to the TV to watch Lewis's fights. He was a boxer. You yeah. know, he wasn't a... I mean, he, was, he would knock people out, and he was, very, he was very aggressive, but, like, he was defense first. You know, like, he, he fought like a boxer. And um, maybe that's why he wasn't as exciting of a personality. I mean, there's a whole European angle, too. He was an American. And, you know, nowadays, like, Tyson Fury is not American, but, like, he's, it's easy to accept a uh, European athlete nowadays because of social media. Yeah, with social media, these guys are in our house on our phone every single day. Yeah. You, you can, can consume as much Tyson Fury content as you want. Right. Whatever. Right. But with Lewis, it was only when he was having a fight. There was no 24-7 at that time. There was right. no other, you know, nothing else, no other forum for him to be on. Right. Um, so it was just when he was fighting, he was on TV, and then he would disappear for a while. He didn't have any kind of appeal outside of that. And to your point, he was more of a private guy anyways, it seemed like. We didn't know as much about his life as we did you know, all these other boxers. 
Right. And there was a lot of fighters that avoided him. Like Mike Tyson, like we were doing the Bruce yeah. Seldon podcast, yeah. paid him off just to not just so he wouldn't fight him. You know, <laughs> he was a hard guy to fight. He was like six five, tall boxer, boxer like. So and he wasn't a crowd pleaser, like we're saying. Like he was more about the win instead of like pleasing the crowd. Where nowadays it's all about like, especially with UFC, it's just about excitement. It's about we're watching a fight for excitement. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't about that, so. I he thought, was, yeah, yeah. I thought, considering that, it was kind of interesting that the fight took place in LA, right? The glitz and glamour of LA and the movie stars. I mean, there was all these celebrities that were in the, the stands. You know, they were showing it on the uh, when you go back and rewatch it. But at the time, LA wasn't even that much of a fight town in terms of hosting fights. LA's right. always been a boxing town in terms of getting talent out. But if you look at the history of LA, up until Staples Center was was built. There weren't a lot of fights going on in L.A., major fights. Mm-hmm. The last major heavyweight fight was um, was uh, Ali versus Norton in 73. Really? And then prior to that, Floyd Patterson had a fight, I think, in 58. But again, you keep thinking about L.A. and tying it to boxing. You would assume that there would be some larger fights taking place. That's there. crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, the, I remember when the Staples Center opened up. I believe that the Delahoya Mosley fight was the first event. June of two thousand. It was it was for sure the first boxing match. Yeah, yeah. At Staples. Right. But then there was a couple others before this one. Right. But Staples really opened another venue on the west side of the west coast of, of the US mm-hmm. versus before. You wanted a fight, you were doing it at the MGM Grand in Vegas and that was kind of it. You didn't have any other options. Well, maybe this fight was in L.A. because Lennox Lewis wasn't supposed to fight Klitschko. You know, maybe if it was built up correctly, he would have fought him in Vegas. So, I mean, he was supposed to fight that guy, Kurt Johnson. Remember? Yeah. yeah. And Kurt Johnson was what? He was, I think he was undefeated, but he wasn't very skillful, like, compared to, like, Klitschko or even, like, a Tyson or a Holyfield. It was supposed to be... Sort of a turn, a tune-up, like a like a showcase for the new, for the champion that just dethroned Mike Tyson in the public eye, and uh, he he fell out with an injury. Yeah, yeah. The the state of the affairs leading up to the fight is is super interesting. I want to talk about the fighters coming up before we get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know who these guys were. Obviously, Lewis was an Olympic gold medalist. I think at the time he was one of seven Olympic gold medalists to have held uh, a title thereafter, a okay. new title. Um, he won the WBC title back in 93, which seems like 100 years ago, which I guess it was about 30 years ago. And then he beat Holyfield in 99, and then he beat Asim Rahman and then Tyson coming into this fight. But he had a year off in between Tyson and, and this fight. Right. All right, so Vladimir was kind of the known entity in the family, but Vitaly had been dominating for a while. He had 20, he was 27 and 0 going into the Chris Bird fight, the infamous Chris Bird fight. Um, but he had, he had won the WBO title in 99, beating Kirby Hyde. And then with that fight with Chris Bird, he had to retire after the ninth round because of a torn rotator cuff. Right, and he was winning the fight. And everyone thought he was, like, soft for pretty much quitting on a stool while he was dominating that fight. 
So when Vitaly came into this particular fight against Lennox Lewis, he was, he had like a bad reputation of a quitter, like a soft type of fighter that could buckle under pressure. Uh, they, I mean, they talk about it a lot in the buildup to the fight. They were saying that, you know, he didn't have, I guess, the composure to handle a Lennox Lewis type of fighter. Yeah, they, I think it unfairly tainted the Klitschko name. Do you think Vladimir losing a few months before that impacted their legacy at all or how people perceive them? I think that it was part of it. Like, the Klitschko brothers, I mean, they were supposed, they were built up to be the next stars of box of the heavyweight division. And when, like, Vitaly loses, you know, on his stool, and then Vladimir loses by, like, you know, unexpected knockout, there's a lot of question marks around them, but like there were there were more question marks around Vitaly because of the way he lost, as opposed to Vladimir just you know got caught in the fight and lost. Yes, yes. The fight. Yeah. yeah. With Vitaly, it was a question about his heart, which again, after this fight, yeah, nobody questioned again. What, what's crazy is, dude, the Vitaly fight was Vitaly against Chris Bird was three years before the yeah. Sonic Lewis fight, so he had this like bad stigma around him for three years. Yeah. This quitter mentality type thing. It's like he had to work his way back up from the bottom. And he did. I mean, he had yeah. five fights in two years before this one. And wow. I mean, let's, now let's talk about it. This fight wasn't never supposed to take place. Right. Uh, he was supposed to fight Kirk Johnson, and Johnson had a chest injury. Yeah. And pulled out a couple weeks before. But the way the whole card even came together was a, was a mess, right? It was... I think initially he was going to fight Chris Bird. Oh, Vitaly was supposed to fight Chris yeah. Bird? Actually, let's start, let's start this part over. Let's yeah. start this part. Even still, this fight was never supposed to take place, right? The, the story of how this card came together is, is a total mess. So initially he was supposed to fight Chris Bird, but he passed. Then it was supposed to be Vitaly, but negotiations failed. Wait, wait. Len Lennox was supposed to fight Chris Bird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then it was supposed to be Vitaly, but negotiations failed. And then Lewis wanted to fight Tyson. Tyson passed on the fight, like you were saying earlier. It seemed like Tyson was trying to kind of dodge Lennox. He dodged him initially. Yeah. And he had the fight and he lost the year before. Didn't want this rematch. Crazy. And then Kirk Johnson was the, the last guy, like in the game of musical chairs, huh. for, for Lewis. And... Uh, Actually, funny thing about Tyson, besides, besides him passing on it, um, is he was arrested the morning of this fight. What? He got in a fight in a hotel lobby uh -huh. in New York and was arrested. So the morning of the fight, he was actually arrested and dealing with all that. What the hell? Typical, like, as, as Mike Tyson of a story as it gets, right? Yeah, like, man, that's crazy. Yeah. Did he go to jail for him? Did you look up that at all? Or? I don't know if he went to jail. I mean, yeah. you know, how many, how many issues did poor Mike have at that time? Not to cut you off, but did you know that the Mike Tyson's fight before this fight was the one where he got the tattoo on his face? The um, as an iconic moment. Yeah. So it was the Clifford ATN fight. He knocked him out in the first round, and like two weeks before that fight, which was February of two thousand three, Mike Tyson gets a tattoo on his face, and it's like this big deal about like, oh my god, he's got a tattoo on his face. No one, no one saw it. You know what I mean? They, they post this picture on ESPN, like of him like laying down with this like weird <laughs> tattoo on his face, you know? And yeah. then like he's going into the fight and it's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, that's Tyson yeah. for you. Another, yeah. yeah. 
Mike Tyson. We, we find a way to get Tyson into every single podcast, I feel like. And, and it's, it's better for it. Man. And man, I could be wrong, <laughs> but it's either the year after this fight or the same year of June. June, either June 2003 or June 2004 was when Holyfield fought Hasim Rahman. And he had that big old like that lump on his head. Yeah. 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 So. Right. Yeah. Never yeah. a dull moment with the heavyweights during this era. Right. So, so now the, the main card, the main part of the card is set, right? It's, it's going to be uh, Lewis versus, versus Johnson. The tally was actually going to fight on the undercard. Mm-hmm. Maybe as a precursor to him eventually fighting Lewis and putting all that together, right? And Kirk Johnson ends up getting injured two weeks before the fight. I think he hurt his chest. Right. And then Vitaly was more than happy to jump in, but it kind of robbed us of the buildup of this fight. There was no massive promo. There's no cool video that, you know, uh, of them, you know, uh, before the fight. There's, there's nothing like that. There's no, like, amazing press conference two, three months before the fight with them talking trash and really heating things up. You know, to, to the credit of HBO and, you know, fight fans and all that, I mean, we were all excited to watch that fight. Yeah, there were there wasn't like a huge press conference or anything, um, but you know, the moment I found out that fight was happening, I was just like, wow, like this shouldn't be happening this fast. Although we were robbed of the buildup, we were still excited for sure. Yeah, I think it was interesting to to note the styles, right? Both huge guys. Lewis had that reach, that that punishing jab. And right. then that straight right that just just did massive damage. And I, I he would get in the ring with some of these shorter guys and just just wear them out. Right. He'd keep them at a distance and nobody could get close to him. And then Vitaly was like a rock'em sock'em robot, you know? There wasn't as much movement. He was just gonna kinda come downhill and just destroy you. It was like robotic. Yeah. Seemed like, you know, he had his own particular style. And he had his own, you know, he would use the jab, but he was taller than Lennox Lewis, dude. He was yeah. taller with a shorter reach, which is crazy. And he, I mean, they made it a really rugged fight. It wasn't like a chess match whatsoever as far as like jabs and stuff are concerned. It was like, it was a real fight. So you alluded to this earlier, but how did, how does Kirk Johnson's style impact this fight? Because right. in camp, there's no way that you're going to train for Kirk Johnson the way you're going to train for Klitschko. Which is, uh, ex- and now I want to call it an excuse, but which is the point that Lennox Lewis was making after the performance of this Vitaly fight. Kirk, Kirk Johnson's shorter. I mean, he's got the build of like a Tyson. You know, he, he was a, uh, you know, he, had a, he was very muscular. He was sort of like a, uh, a body, maybe in between Mike Tyson and then like Hasim Rahman. Like, right in between there type of guy. Like, we're really kind of like, you know, not much definition, but a lot of bulk. And I feel like, you know, training for someone like that in comparison to Klitschko, I mean, it's completely different. You know, you got to have different sparring partners and all that. So, Lennox definitely was not fully prepared for something like this. However, Klitschko probably always had Lennox on the back of his mind. Like, dude, like, I'm going to fight this guy soon. This is how I would fight him. So I think Klitschko had more of an advantage going into it. He probably was just used to sparring with his brother. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> this other giant, you yeah. know, just makes it a lot easier. Yeah. So 
So again, not much in the pre-fight because of the short notice. Lennox had one comment I, I enjoyed, which was he said he would have one one Klitschko for breakfast and one for lunch. Wow. You know, now so now we're at the fight. Walkouts are a little subdued. Vitaly came out to Hotel California. I made a note that both brothers had shitty haircuts. <laughs> Looked like they got a haircut at a butcher. It's pretty <laughs> pretty rough. Um, Lewis came out to dance hall. He looked a little out of shape, frankly, but he was loose. Um, the crowd was halfway booing him, typical of a, of a crowd in a Lewis fight here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And I think you mentioned this was the most he ever weighed, right? Right. He weighed, uh, I looked it up, he weighed 256. It was the most he's ever weighed for a fight. And, like, you know, in the, I think the Tyson fights, the Holyfield fights, he was, like, in the mid-40s looking trim. Yeah. And both guys had similar reach. You know, they're, they're staring at each other eye level. I think one thing that was really cool was the shot before the fight. I think the camera was kind of more over Lewis's shoulder. And you see Vladimir standing behind Vitaly. It's crazy. And it was just awesome to see that. Yeah. And it really kind of foreshadowed the future, right? Right. Of Vitaly's going to kind of pave the way here with this, this fight. And then Vladimir's going to kind of carry that, that name into the future. Yeah. I just, it was like a really cool moment. Definitely. So then the, the fight gets going and they start out fast, right out the gate. Yeah. Vitaly seemed like he was walking through Lennox's, Lennox's signature jab. He was just had more, it seemed like he had more energy. You know, he was more enthusiastic in the ring and he was taking the fight to Lennox. I mean, he was catching him a few times. Yeah. He stunned him a little. I think he caught him with a, with a straight right early. It stunned him a little bit. Yeah, he caught him with, I think, like a sharp jab, too, and made, made Lennox Lewis kind of just, like, hesitate. And uh, there was a lot of, like, you know, wrestling in there, too. I mean, poor referee, man. There's two monsters in there, bro. <laughs> he was probably happy it only went six rounds. Yeah. Yeah, Lewis looked a little off balance the whole fight. Like I said, maybe he didn't take the training as seriously for Johnson. Maybe he thought that was going to be an easy win. But he definitely got more than he could more than he could have expected in this fight. Well, I mean, it's like when you're training for a guy like Johnson compared to Klitschko, like we're saying. I mean, the guy's Klitschko's taller than him, dude. Taller and like you know more. Probably didn't weigh more than him, but like you know, had the same weight. I, I would be surprised if Kirk Johnson weighed two fifty going into this fight. So he was probably used to training against guys that were like a little bit more nimble in the ring. Yeah. And it, it seemed, again, it just seemed like Lewis just wasn't, wasn't as, as prepared for this. Not saying he, whether he was a better boxer or not is a whole different story, but he just didn't seem as prepared for this kind of a matchup as, as he had been in, in other fights we've seen him. Maybe he was overlooking him, dude, like, because there was also talk of a Roy Jones fight. Because Roy Jones just fought John Ruiz, won a portion of the heavyweight title in March of that year. And, I mean, like we were saying earlier, like, Holyfield was still in the picture. Tyson was still in the picture. And when you're preparing for a guy like Johnson, I mean, no disrespect, but they, he's not at the level of either the Klitschko brothers or Tyson or Holyfield. So he was probably, like, like you said, wasn't probably training as hard in his defense. It seemed like Lewis kind of slowed, slowed Vitaly down um, around the, the third round, getting into the third round, obviously. And that's when the cut happened. Right. From a punch. Yeah. Right hand punch. Yeah. Not a not a elbow or a head bunt or anything, yeah. you know, bizarre that could happen in the ring. Right. Which is like people kind of forget that aspect of it. 
usually when there's a, a horrible cut, might be from a headbutt or something or an elbow, but this was just from a punch. And I mean, do we, are we going to talk about the the magnitude of the cut, how big it was right now? Or should we yeah, wait? you can talk about that. It was sixty stitches he got Jeez. for that cut, dude. Sixty stitches, and I mean, he was fighting through that like pretty much like with blood all over like half of his face. Like, it's crazy, <laughs> you know. Mangled, yeah, yeah. And it looked it looked ugly, but um, you know, in between each round, you could see they were they were taking a little bit more time. The doctors had to come and check on him for those last couple of rounds. Right. I wonder if there were sixty seconds in between those rounds. Yeah, no, probably longer. Yeah, probably a lot longer than that. But the refs. The ref didn't really seem to get in the way too much. Like, he seemed to still let them fight. Um, you know, round four, Lewis fell on the tally. That's it right. seemed like it was just getting, like, it was getting sloppy at that point. Right, you know? they were tired. They both seemed gassed, like they were just giving everything they had. Yeah. And then round six was that shot that Lewis hit the tally with. The uppercut, I can still hear it right yeah. now. Looked like his soul left his body for a split second. Oh gosh, his neck just like looked like it dislocated from his shoulders or something, <laughs> man. It was just crazy. Like a sledgehammer. And he just took it, dude. Took that uppercut and just like moved forward actually. Didn't even didn't even go backwards. Like he walked into it and just like kept on coming forward. Yeah, he didn't really let us absorb it. I mean, now that we get to watch it whenever we want, yeah. You could go back and oh my god. Oh. But the crowd just jumped out of their chairs and they had to sit back down for a second because the action got going right again. And right. Vitaly was like right right into him again. Yeah. Lewis could barely stand, but just to be able to deliver that kind of a punch was, I mean, the true hallmark of a champion, right? Well, after the fight, Lewis was saying that he was just getting his groove going. And... I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way, there's no way it was going to last. I mean, there, this wasn't going 12 regardless. No, but I mean, like these guys are like, like they have, like battery, battery chargers, like underneath battery chargers <laughs> in their body, dude. Like you know, like they could, he could have probably survived like another three, four rounds, like maybe. I mean, no, no matter what we say about the two of them, like Lennox had more experience, and although Klitschko had, you know, the heart and the momentum, he he had the injury on his face, so. You know, and he ended in the sixth round uh, with Klitschko ahead on the scorecards. Well, ended at the end of the sixth round. End of the sixth round. Yeah. What was it, 58, 56? All three scorecards? I think so. I mean, everybody had them ahead. Yeah, 58, 56, all three scorecards. So it's 4-2. So Klitschko was up 4-2. But Lennox said that he was getting tired. Uh, Klitschko was getting tired. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you bleed out that much, anybody would be tired. Yeah. <laughs> probably lose a gallon of blood. Right. Yeah, and, and on the broadcast, they were doing a promo for another fight. And then all of a sudden, you just see Lewis start cheering, and then Vladimir's like, what the hell? He jumps out of the corner. Oh, yeah. He has, like, broken right? English. It was, it was pandemonium in the ring. Everybody was trying to figure out what was going on. Yeah. It looked like Vladimir was trying to hold Vitaly back from, from going after. I don't know if he was going to go after the ref or, or whoever. He was like, no. He kept on saying, no. His English wasn't as good. And... Yeah. The fans were cheering for him, though. I mean, we, we talked about it. It was like the underdog had come in, shown all the heart that he needed to, and he had, he'd won over the crowd. Right. The merchant crowd. even was, was asking Lennox about it in the post-fight interview. 
Yeah. Was you might have won the match, but you lost the, you know, you, you lost the crowd. You lost the right. And and Lewis was like, no, I don't think so. You know, he was kind of trying to be quiet about it, but you could tell there was a, a massive flip in terms of the, the crowd and everybody realizing, you know, Vitaly was up in this fight. So it was basically like a uh, doctor stoppage. And then when that happens, like the title goes to, it goes back to the champion, sort of like WWE, you can't win on the count out, you know? It's like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, it was a TKO, I'm sorry. But it was stopped because of the cut. Yeah. Uh, Vitaly said he could see out of that eye in that interview that he was, right? He, he was saying that he could have kept going. He definitely didn't want to stop. Um, it's Again, it seemed like to Vitaly, getting rid of the quitter moniker that was following him around was more important than whether he won or lost the fight. Right. And it, it, it truly ended up bearing in the, in the rest of his career, right? Because he had kind of reestablished the name and, right, he went up to have like a, a great career and so did his brother. But that seemed to be more important to him than, hey, I won this fight against Lewis. Right. And which I... Is, which is like, it's like noble or something. Like it's, it's something like out of a, you know, like one of these like classic fairy tales or something like that, you know, like hey, I restored my family's name. Who cares if, if, you know, I won this battle or whatever. This was more important. I mean, we're talking about beating everyone who fought. Vitaly never really lost a fight. I mean, he lost on the, in, on the stool against Chris Bird because of an injury. And then he lost to Lennox Lewis because of an injury. But he never lost, a, truly lost a fight at the end and got knocked out or whatever it may be. So he, I mean, you can argue that he was winning every, he was winning every fight that he fought. That's yeah. crazy, man. I yeah. Mean, to me, he's the better brother. Like, wow. Oh, yeah. That's a bold statement. Bro, for sure. Like, he's older than uh, Vladimir, but he has, to me, he's, he's like, has more skill. More, more awkwardness to him. More aggression to him. Like, Vladimir, like, he had, he started losing a couple times, like, just getting caught. And then he went to Emmanuel Stewart, and Emmanuel Stewart, boxing trainer, taught him how to use his jab a lot better and use his height. Uh, I feel like Vitaly had a lot more natural ability than Vladimir. And Vladimir just, like, stayed behind his jab all the time, used his weight over people and stuff. But I was talking to uh, Virgil Hunter, who's Andre Ward's former champion, Andre Ward's trainer. And this was like around the time when Vladimir lost to Anthony Joshua, like 2015. And I told him that Vitaly, who was retired for like three or four years at the time, would beat Anthony Joshua today, just coming out of bed. And he was like, oh yeah, 100%. He would Amazing. beat him. Yeah, just because like of the skill. Like it's just about, he's, he's more skillful than Vladimir. And it seems like he has a little bit more I don't want to take away from Vladimir, but a little bit more grit to him. Like, you know, a little bit more like, like that Lennox thing. He came back on his ass, you know, like just, I, I mean, I don't want to keep on going about this, but <laughs> I like Vitaly over Vladimir personally. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it's great. Again, you look back at his career and to see that the only time he was ever stopped was because of injury. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Never, he never lost a fight, dude. Well, let me ask you, though, if at the end of this fight, right, there's two guys standing next to each other. Yeah. Just at the, at, at the look test, yeah. who won the fight? Yeah. If you look at the look test, 
If you're watching a street <laughs> fight outside of high school or something, like Lennox won the fight. Yeah. That's an interesting point, too. Yeah. That's why the, the – for me, this is the my favorite – and we've seen some great guys that have amazing post-fight interviews. Right. This is my favorite of all time. Look at the state of his face. <laughs> it's like – it just – it's perfect. It captures it perfectly. It's like, yeah, look, like you guys – okay, the crowd thinks he won. Larry Merchant, you think he won, and out whoever. Look at his face. Look at my face. Wow. Look at the yeah. state of his face. Like, you can't argue that. Yeah. Look at his face, bro. I did that to his face, and you're telling me I lost the fight? Yeah. And I'm the champ? Yeah, and I'm the champ. And it stopped because I did that to his face? Come on. Yeah. It, yeah. Was, it, it was just an amazing moment. No, like, like, if you look at it that way, then Lennox is the winner, you know? Like... We're talking about winning the crowd, Rocky, and all that, but losing all the scorecards. <laughs> and he's like looking at the faces and stuff. Like, Lennox is the winner. Yeah, he's probably putting like an ice pack on his forehead, maybe, or his cheeks, right? And would you say Klitschko had 60 stitches 60 after this fight? 60 stitches fight? on his eye. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he probably I, lost if that's the case. Yeah, his face, Lennox's face was kind of like <laughs> puffed up and stuff. Did I ever tell you the time when I bet it Lennox a few times, but I ever tell you the time when I took a picture with him? Uh-huh. So I was, uh, I was backstage right before Andre Ward fought uh, Kovalev for the first time in Las Vegas. And Lennox was with him. And I could see Lennox like whispering to him, dude, like pumping him up. It was the day of the weigh-in. He's like, it's like, it's like the back of MGM Grand where like half of it's like shut off and then the other half of it is like, uh, like where the fans are and they do, they, they do the weigh-in. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, like McGregor goes up and they do yeah. the weigh-in. Yeah, the other side of it is just like, Blocked off. Right. And was just kind of walking around. And I see, uh, like, Lennox, like, whispering in Andre's ear, like, pumping him up, like, yeah, this is your moment and shit. I'm just like, wow, it's cool. So I try to, like, kind of listen in. I can't really hear everything. But then I go to Lennox. I was like, yo, man, can I take a picture with you? And he's like, yeah. And then I go, can we, I take a picture, like, you know, side by side hugging. And I go, can we do one face to face, like, eye to eye? He goes, nah. He goes, I don't do that. He goes, if I do that, I'm going to have to hurt you. <laughs> I go, all right, you know, it's cool. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. All right. So, was there a rematch? No. It was not a rematch. There was a lot of talk, obviously, about a rematch all the way, like, into the following year. Uh, I think Vitaly had at least one fight in between that, that time, like, or, oh, he fought, he fought uh, Kirk Johnson. Kirk Johnson, yeah. yeah. He fought Kirk Johnson in December of that year. That was supposed to be the date of Lennox fight. Rematch fight. Yeah. Okay. So then that's what happened. They passed up on that, and then they were going to talk about the rematch again, and then Lennox retired like February or March yeah. of the following year. Yeah. yeah. They said he would be stripped if he didn't take the fight with Klitschko, and then he just vacated the title and retired. Got it. I mean, he was older, man. Yeah, I mean, 37. 37, 38. He was like the second or third oldest heavyweight champion at the time. And, I mean, like we're talking, he's going into another era now. Like all the guys that were in his era, the Tysons, the Holyfields, the Riddick Bowes, they're all, they're all like on the tail end or they're gone. Yeah. So he's probably thinking like, who else am I going to fight, man? Well, so let's, let's talk about legacy, right? He, he's going to go down as one of the best heavyweights ever. Lennox? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Only, only thing doubters could ever say possibly about him is that his fights, he was just not a character. 
I mean, you might not you might not agree with me, but I think he's like top five easy heavyweight. I agree too. Easily, no, I agree too. Easily. But in the moment when you're, you know, he he wasn't. You weren't glued, like getting glued to the TV because Lennox was going to be on as like a casual boxing fan. Right. Right? I would watch his fights. You would watch his fights, you know? Yeah. But people weren't running to the TV. They would for, again, for a Tyson fight or a Boyd fight or a, right? Like there, there were certain guys that would just brought, draw you out because they had a personality. They yeah, had no crossover. Yeah, no crossover. Yeah. He, wasn't, he wasn't in like movies and doing, right? Like, I mean, maybe he was, but God, was it wasn't he, anything that I remember, you know? He was in Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, I mean, he was in Ocean's Eleven as a boxer. He wasn't in yeah. Ocean's Eleven as like one of the thieves or something like that. Right, you know? right, right. So he didn't have a whiskey brand. He didn't, right? He like there was. Oh yeah, yeah. There was there was none of that with him. No, no, he wasn't a Holyfield. I mean, even Holyfield didn't have that really. That's true. Well, That's Holyfield true. was like he 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 fought with a lot of heart. His fights were exciting. He'd get knocked down. He'd come back. Plus, he was fighting guys like again. He that was bigger than him. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the only that's the only knock on it, but it had nothing to do with what he was doing in the ring. If right. you look at he beat we talked about this, but he beat Rockman McCall, Tyson Holyfield Briggs, Bruno Tucker, Ruddick, Tua, Morrison, Mercy. I mean, who's left? Yeah. yeah. Who's left at that time for him to beat? Certain guys wouldn't didn't want to fight him, like Riddick Bowe didn't want to fight him. Um the foreman went on like he would say it publicly that he he didn't want to fight Lennox Lewis. Uh, yeah, I mean, very awkward style, tall, athletic, and American style fighter from Europe. So yeah, having Emmanuel Stewart with him was was amazing. Definitely, I I gotta say his profile has been elevated a lot because of his his analysis that he was doing. The fights. I agree. When he got behind the microphone, that was great. He showed his personality more. He was a lot more personable. Um, he just, to me, he just became a lot more likable behind the mic. Because you start feeling out his IQ. Yeah. You know, he has a high IQ. And, and he's, he's a straight shooter. There's no like BS with him or whatever. Like he would joke around or whatever on, on occasion and laugh, but yeah, he was just saying it how it was. Because what were you going to say to him? Right. How do you doubt his knowledge of, of boxing? Seriously. Considering his, his record. Yeah. I mean, when, going back to like what we were talking about, too, if you compare him to Holyfield, Holyfield beat Tyson. He was the first guy to beat Tyson after Buster Douglas. And that was like in the mid-90s. And uh, Lennox Lewis didn't fight him for like six more years after that. So Holyfield had all that popularity built up for him. Like, in America. Whereas Lennox was the guy that was getting avoided and finding guys like Shannon Briggs when like you're supposed to really fight Tyson or Holyfield or Foreman. You know, you're fighting like hardcore boxing guys. You're not fighting like superstars until you get into your late 30s, which, yeah, that was that was against him, too. Yeah, for sure. All right. So now let's let's flip it to to Vitaly. Um I mean, in terms of the ring, no one could call him a quitter again. True. Right? His career was amazing. Um, came and then he kind of paved the way for his, his brother's resurgence. And they dominated the division for what? Almost two decades. It's just crazy. Now we, we kind of forget, now that there are all these other heavyweights that are on the scene, right? You've got Fury and Wilder and Joshua and 
Busick and all, all these guys that have kind of come up and made a name for themselves recently. Right. But for a while, it was just them. Whoever you put in front of them, they just mowed, mowed them down. Boring fights. Yeah. Guys. In Europe, right? Like, we'd have to tune in at, like, 12 o'clock in the afternoon yeah. to watch a fight. If it was on TV. Yeah. And, yeah, they would be fighting people that, like, had no chance. And then the only one that really had, like, a big buildup was uh, David Hay when he fought oh, God, Vladimir. Yeah. yeah. And that was a joke. So... Yeah. Yeah, these guys just, like, dominated for a while, man. Yeah, it wasn't even a question. I heard this weird theory from a, from a boxing trainer. I don't want to say his name. <laughs> he told me that there was talks of when they were both dominant, the Klitschko brothers, there was talks of them fighting each other. Like, and they were going to, like, make it like a BS type of fight. Like, to their family members and, you know, and their trainers. But the fans would have just, like, soaked it all up. Would it be like WWE, like sort of like type of thing, where like the they choreographed the fight. Yeah, that would've been awful. Yeah, but like they were gonna do it so well, where like you and I, as a normal fight fan, wouldn't know. And there was like talks about that. That would've been ridiculous. Yeah, but it, that's but that's how sad it was that there was nobody else for them to fight. Right. There was a lot of talks about them fighting because I think they both held titles at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the thing that's sad for Vitaly is he just kept getting injuries. True. And that just really cut his, his career short. So he took a few years off. Then he had some more fights from like 2009 to 2013. And then he retired in, in uh, 2013. But do you have anything else on that? Because I, I really want to get into his post-fight career. No, I mean. That's significant. Yeah, no, I think uh, he was, once again, I think he was the better Klitschko brother. He was the most. Dominant of the two. I remember when he fought uh, Chris Ariola, which was also in LA, which was also in at the Staples Center around like 08, 09, I think 2009. Chris Ariola was undefeated. He was knocking people out. And then Klitschko, just, Vitaly just beat the hell out of him. Like pretty much like knocked him out like after like nine or ten rounds or something. Ariola was a tough fighter. He was a tough guy. He was like an Andy Ruiz. Yeah. But like more rugged, more like less boxing skill, you know. Uh, I think uh, Ariola was like crying afterwards and stuff. Dude fighting in front of his hometown. That's what just shows you like levels of this game, you know. Klitschko was at the level that he could go toe to toe with Lennox Lewis, you know, when Lennox Lewis was the champ, and he never lost that throughout his career. Yeah. Afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. No, wonderful career. Like I said, 45-2, and two, that's... Never that's really lost. Never really lost. Never lost. <laughs> um, but I, I feel like the significance of what, what Vitaly and his brother have done after boxing is, is going to put them in like another stratosphere when we look back at boxers, right? Yeah. Um, I think Vitaly started kind of getting involved in politics in 2004, so right after this fight that we're talking about. Um, kind of pushing for some of the, the politicians that were running for office. Mm -hmm. And a big thing was, is I think he wanted Ukraine to be part of, of the European Union. That's right. And so he, was, he like wanted them to adopt that kind of model. That was like a big deal for him. Um, and then in 2014, he was voted in as the mayor of Kiev. And he's been serving in that role for the last eight years. Crazy, man. Which is crazy, right? Yeah. He's won multiple elections. 
and then obviously since the the war in ukraine has started he's been using this platform to, to really raise awareness about what's going on he's been him and his brother have been on news outlets right right using social media to help kind of rally support right and it's interesting to see other boxers coming out and you know kind of giving him some encouragement even lennox who posted this year he said normally on the anniversary of his fights he'll you know post something and say something about the significance but on social media he posted uh praising vitaly and you know everything that he's been doing and talking about his courage and, and the sacrifice that he's making so, i mean there are warriors in the ring and they respect each other outside the ring and yeah vitaly klitschko and obviously vladimir they're just amazing people it's hard to find two brothers at the top of of a sport that you know they were both champions and then they were also both highly educated both of them were doctors and you know, one of them runs the one of the most you know and, and one of them runs a city that's the focal point and it's just very you know it's it's hard to co- to compare their legacy as a family to any other like you know athletes that are brothers or sisters. I mean, we could talk about like you know like the Williams sisters, but I mean they don't do much in politics, you know. Or yeah, neither of them is like a senator or something like that. I mean, the neither. mayor of Kiev is, is be like yeah, the mayor of New York. Yeah, I mean, there's millions of people that live there. The the significance of that city obviously is a important uh you know geographically it's super important for for europe and he's the he's the mayor it's crazy man yeah so um again just the, the legacy of the of vitaly is going to go well beyond boxing you know when we talk about a guy like lewis we're going to reference his boxing true right with vitaly we might talk about boxing second Dude, Vitaly's legacy hasn't even really been uh, stamped yet. You know, it hasn't been in the cement. Yeah. And he's still, his political career might go for another 30 years, 40 years. Who knows? Yeah. He's still in his, I believe he's still in his late 40s. Yeah. So, I mean, his story is not finished yet. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, incredible story. Uh, incredible fight. <laughs> incredible fight. So, let me, so let's go back. So, I think we both know who, who won the fight in the ring was obviously Lewis, but who won the fight? The, who won the event? Yeah. Was Vitaly. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I'll go a step further. I'll say the Klitschko name. Okay. One. Um, I think LA won in a lot of sense because it was another massive fight in LA and really put LA back at kind of the epicenter of, of boxing. Right. In terms of events and, and hosting title fights again. Right. Because we had a couple fights prior to that. Again, like you said, the Dolaway and Mosley fight, but it had been so long since we'd seen heavyweights take the stage in LA. It was the last, once again, last great heavyweight fight until Fury Wilder, in my opinion. Amazing. Yeah. And the last time a unified heavyweight champion fought. Isn't that crazy, dude? Yeah. There's never been a unified heavyweight champion since Lennox Lewis. 20 years. Almost I mean, 20 years. There's like, they, they call Lucek right now unified, but Tyson Fury 
They only call him that because he has the majority of the belts. But he's not the lineal champ. He's not the lineal champ. Well, Lennox was the lineal champ. It's freaking unbelievable. Because it went Lennox, Vladimir, Tyson, Fury. Went Lennox, Vladimir Klitschko, Tyson Fury. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was, I was kind of thrown off because I thought I was thinking of Vitaly, but Vitaly didn't beat Lennox. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, right. Lennox retired, and I I forget how Vladimir ended up being Lennox. But I def- he definitely didn't take him with the town. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think there was a few years where they were sorting it out. And right. And Vladimir became the lineal champion. Right. And really, I mean, for Tyson Fury to beat Vladimir, I mean, he, he was being the best at that point in terms of taking the lineal title. Because you would have said... Lewis retired, who was the best around at the time. Vitaly was injured and then retired. And Okay, so it's Vladimir. That's, that's logical because no one was beating him at the time. Right. And then after that, it was up to Tyson Fury to take the title. And really, I, mean, I don't know how you feel about this, but I'd say Tyson Fury is the, the best heavyweight out right now. I agree. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so someone's got to beat him before they can call themselves a champ, the lineal champ. True. Yeah. So goes back to my point. There has not been a undisputed heavyweight <laughs> champ since my boy Lennox. Tied it back up. Yep. All right. So, what would you rate this fight on a scale of one to ten? Um, the overall fight or like the the whole event to me, it's got to be the mid eights, man. Eight point four to eight point six to me. Okay. Yeah, just because like of the in conclusion of it and the. Uh, the heart displayed by both fighters and like the fact that it was so surprising that it happened. Yeah. It's an amazing fight. I, I was, now, the more I talk about it, I'm, I'm going to give it like an 8.9. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm going to give it a 9 flat. Okay. I'll give it that extra tenth of a point because of that Larry Merchant interview after. It was okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Me, man. All right. Cool, man. All right, Raymond. Until Good. next time. Yes, sir. Yeah.